0: God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are going to be looking at Hebrews uh, chapter 9. We're going to go one, chapter, uh, verse 1 down to verse 7. And by the way, Merry Christmas to all of you who are following along with us. We took a break yesterday uh, on Christmas Day, uh, but today we'll be putting out two um, of our uh, podcasts. Today, to catch us back up from yesterday, um, we'll be doing Hebrews, um, verse 1. Uh, 1 through 7 today, and then later we will put out another podcast today to get us back up where we need to be. I think we're going to be down around to verse 20, 27 or something like that um, later today. So, to uh, catch us back up from yesterday, we were studying verse 1 through 7 yesterday. So, let me read this, and then we'll talk a little bit about what this means from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called a holy place. Now, this is a reference to the... In the we're sort of comparing... Old Testament worship to New Testament worship. And so uh, the writer of Hebrews, possibly Paul, is saying, you know, now, um, you know, we've been making the point back in, in chapter 8 that we have a better, uh, a better gospel message. The gospel message fulfills the Old Testament law. So we have a better high priest. You know, better than all the ones following Melchizedek. We have a better tabernacle, okay? This tabernacle is not made with human hands. We have a better minister. That's Christ. We have a better ministry. That's the, the um, gospel ministry. We have a better covenant. This is the gospel promise that if we believe in Christ and Christ's sacrifice for us, we don't have to depend on our own uh, works and deeds. Okay, and then we have a better promise that is Christ, a better sacrifice that's Christ. We have this new covenant, which is a work in our hearts, not on tablets of stone like in the old um, covenant, the Old Testament. And we have this living Christ now, this living high priest who is living to make intercession for us, to intervene for us. Okay, this is the maturity of the gospel that we have this grace, okay? This mature message is that He died for you and is now alive in you, and then you died with Him, and now you are alive with Him. You walk with Him in new life, okay? So He's been making these contrasts between the gospel message. Now we're making some contrasts about the place of worship itself, okay? Okay? So this this earthly tabernacle, this this uh, Old Testament worship, had uh, you know the first covenant written on stone tablets, and it was an earthly place of holiness. It was it was an earthly place of worship, and it talks about this tent. And inside the tent, there's a lampstand and a table and the bread of the presence. It's called a holy place. So you got to you know, clean yourself before you come into this holy place. And then behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place. Okay, having a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold. OK, so everything inside this most holy place is covered in gold. OK, and inside there was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the covenant. So inside you've, you've got to go through this veil, this second curtain. OK, and this section called the most holy place was a restricted place, only the high priest could go in there, and that's once a year. Everything is covered in gold, and that kind of symbolizes the golden altar in heaven. It's kind of symbolizing a representation of what's supposed to be there in heaven for us, and it's symbolizing how um, holy God is and how unholy we are, because not just anybody could go there. All right, and this golden urn holding this manna that's you know that represents Christ's you know eventual body. This is ultimate sacrifice. Christ is the bread of life. Okay, so it's really the, the only food that, that, that we get is the food that comes from God, that's the Word of God, that's how holy it is. This is the Holy Bible. It's God's Word. The manna, this is the bread of life, God's Word. Jesus Christ was also referred to as the Word. In John chapter 1, the Word became flesh. The Word of God was Jesus. We have the Word of God, and Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He is that bread. This manna is the bread of life. And then Aaron's staff that budded was a reference to Aaron's staff, that um, that 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 sprang forth, uh, new life, and uh, that's Jesus Christ again. This staff that budded is another reference to Jesus Christ. He's been called the staff that budded or the vine, you know, and we are the fruit of the vine. So. Um, That's this reference to coming into the presence of God, coming into the presence through Him, through Jesus Christ. We can come into the presence of God. The tablets of the covenant were there, okay? And above it, the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat of these things we cannot speak in detail. And I believe these uh, cherubim were supposed to represent these angels of God and His glory, and this mercy seat is the seat where um, um, the worship service of the high priest was supposed to um, possibly place an offering there um, to receive mercy from from God. But this is this mercy seat where the representation of the sins um, are are um, displayed. So this is back in the holy of holy place. And then in verse six, these preparations having thus been made, the priests regularly uh or the police the priests go regularly into the first section, performing uh their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, uh and not Without taking blood, which he offers for himself and the unintentional sins of the people, and I believe that's what he offers at this mercy seat. So once a year, and I believe the Jewish, uh, new uh, the Jewish folks celebrate that Yom Kippur. That would be this celebration of once a year. The high priest would go in and make an offering uh, at this mercy seat for the nation of Israel, uh, for the for the sins. Of the nation uh, of the past year, and uh they would you know God would grant by doing this God would grant them mercy to exist for another year so um so this whole physical um, um, temple or tent, if you would back in these days and this was the how. The Temple of Solomon was set up in Jerusalem also. Back in the Old Testament, when they didn't have it built, they would have a tent and they would have these places demarcated for the most holy worship and the preparations for the holy worship by the um, high priest and then the most high priest. Um, So we consider God um, worthy, okay? We consider God worthy... Of our worship, so we are giving Him who is worthy um, what He is due: our tithes, our offerings, our praise, our adulation. So worship is giving somebody worthy that which is it is due, and worship always leads to service, as McGee points out. The act of worship is not simply passive; it is an active process. And worship leads to service as we enter the presence of God, and so um, the the Old Testament um, worship was um, it was active; it was an active representation of worship, and um, it illustrates all the things that you have to do to enter the presence of God as you are worshiping this act of worshiping the people would would become clean and then enter this holy place so that they could they could pray and then the high, most high priest would go through a process for himself to to go to the most holy place behind this veiled curtain where they could he could he could even worship on behalf of the people so it was a very active process of of entering the presence of God, and that is worship. And as we worship, we are not only giving God what it is due, giving Him, like I said, our prayers and our adulations, but it is also a process of making ourselves more sanctified as we uh, enter into God's presence. And that is the act of worship. Giving someone, giving God what is due to God, leading to our service to God as we enter the presence of God. We worship by praising Him, by serving Him, and by entering into His presence. So we'll stop here and take up again next time. So for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time and keep your hearts centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, Merry Christmas, and I look forward to hearing what you have to say today. God bless you all.